listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. How are you doing, Carmen? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well as well. So, I'm, uh, Yeah, I think um, I'm nice to be back with our, uh, our listeners, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, people don't necessarily realize, but you, we generally record a whole batch of things and then maybe we don't record again for a few weeks. So um, sometimes it, it's almost like you feel a bit rusty, but uh, <laughs> we don't come across that way after a couple yeah, hundred you know. episodes. Yeah, one never knows. One never knows. And today's guest, uh, it's an interesting conversation, I think, because, you know, at least we're, we're kind of hinging on the notion of marketing by helping other people market. Which is a, you know, it, it's a interesting strategy for a good number of of B two B manufacturing marketers, um, and, and it comes to life in a lot of different ways. And uh, I'm excited to be talking about it. Yeah, and I think too the other thing that's really interesting and and probably very relevant to a lot of the manufacturers that uh, that are listening to this is uh, coming at it from a, a real sustainability and environmental angle as well, which there, there's no question that this is a pillar um, of uh, many, many a marketing strategy or even an ESG strategy these days. Um, you know, it, it it's certainly not going away um, and is probably forming an even bigger piece of the pie. But at the same time, it also means that more and more people are staking a claim on, on similar benefits. So how do you stand out? Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And, uh, you know, and, and it's not like we want care for the planet to go away. No. Um, it, uh, it's a good thing, it, but it does present a marketing challenge in that it, it, because you care about it, no longer does it mean that you're unique. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So <laughs> Sounds weird to say. <laughs> you're unique, just like everybody else. You know, um, but you're, you're unique. You care about this orb that we all live on. Like, why yeah. would that, how could that ever make someone unique? But nevertheless, <laughs> well, somehow it does is the thing. So joining us today is Casey Jeffson. Casey is the Director of Sales and Marketing at Polycore Solutions. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Casey. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being on. Hey, Casey, it's awesome to have you on the show. Look, why don't you tell us a bit about the company and uh, and how did you end up there? Yeah, so I work for a company called Polycore. And what Polycore is, is a coding technology. And this uh, technology that was uh, patented uh, by our founder, Arthur Chen, actually increases abrasion resistance by over 500% and uh, also helps amplify other mechanical properties. And the cool thing about it is that it is um, one of the most environmentally friendly ways of coding uh, out there right now. So one of the one of the ways that he actually did this was uh, instead of using a solvent-based coating, which it um, back in the day, if you were uh, painting your house, you you know you would get all those fumes. Well, nowadays. Uh, exactly with with paints, we use water-based paints, and we're using a water-based coating. So it's uh, a lot better for the environment. Doesn't uh, um, produce as much volatile organic compounds, which is one of the main contributors to the ozone layer getting depleted. And it is also a lot uh, more beneficial for um, the aftermath of of the coating process, which is. Uh, getting waste in in streams it's better for the water because the only thing going back into you know 
uh, landfills or, or waste streams is just water itself. And, and it doesn't, uh, doesn't have those nasty fumes for, for our employees that are actually doing the coating as well. So, and Casey, just to be clear, it's uh, you may have said this, and I just but it's coating of fabrics primarily. Correct. Yes. So fabrics on on synthetic uh, fibers. So our primary things we coat are polyester and nylon. And uh, with that, we we only use recycled nylons and recycled polyesters as well because we don't want to be a contributor to the millions and millions of, of yardage of waste every year just from from fabrics yeah yeah uh, look i've got a, i know that we're going down more of a sustainability angle here but you mentioned abrasion resistance and i'm a motorcyclist so do you guys sell to uh do you have a, a strong connection at all to that uh, kind of that type of apparel uh, those types of garment trying to i i um live in Milwaukee, home of Harley Davidson. So I've been trying to trying to get our, our feet through those doors, especially in uh, the motorcycle, you know, industry. It would definitely benefit for, for that as well. Well, I don't know if anybody's listening from Harley Davidson, but maybe the cooler ring can help you reach them. Well, you know, the people that need to be listening is Andy Goldfine, who owns a little company in Duluth, Minnesota called Aerostitch, which makes the finest motorcycle uh, clothing really in the world. Uh, and they make textile motorcycle clothing. Um, so not far from Milwaukee either. Yeah. Not far at all. Exactly. So I think we need to, uh, we're going to schedule a sales meeting after this uh, podcast. <laughs> with, uh... <laughs> I once rode a bicycle from Duluth to the edge of Wisconsin. So, you know, <laughs> oh my God. between that and the fact that I've crashed a motorcycle wearing one of Arrow Stitch's suits, <laughs> between, between those two things, we should have an in with these people, Jeff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Casey, I thought one of the things that you, you said was interesting, you know, because you talked about the depletion of the ozone. It's funny because we don't really think of that as a uh, as an environmental issue anymore it, it almost felt like oh we, we fixed the stuff in the cans so therefore it's solved you know and <laughs> it, it's not necessarily part of the uh, you know the complex environmental issues that we're that we're dealing with now in terms of top of mind it's it, it, interesting that you kind of uh, brought that up but, and you're uh, dating but, yourself I mean people a lot of people listening to the podcast probably wouldn't even remember the CFC uh, cans issue yeah, yeah. And think about how long ago that was. It was a while. So tell tell us a bit about yourself and how you uh, how you wound up at Polycore. Yeah, it was uh, kind of a uh, uh, coincidence uh, of sorts. Uh, I actually I was working for a, a truck truck company here in Milwaukee, and then uh, at that time, me and my wife were expecting our first uh, child, and I at that point I'm like I'm not really uh interested in doing trucks for for the long haul and then it, it just so happened that my old high school football coach his father-in-law used to be the president of Jansport so that's how I kind of got my connection into the outdoor industry was through him and he partnered uh with his long time uh, uh co colleague uh, Arthur Chen and that's and they're the ones that started Polycore. So he he heard I was looking for a job and and uh, kind of wrote me in, and it's been it's been great ever since. I love how people come to their roles because it's never the way we're told you come to a job when you're like going through school and you're 
what, 14, 15, 16, or whatever years old and hearing about it for the first time. It's fascinating. Why, why don't mm-hmm. high schools have classes on networking? You know, like, honestly. They should. They, they definitely should. The Cooler Ring Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, where we address B2B manufacturing marketing challenges and challenges of our education system writ large. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's uh, jump into it. Let's talk about because I, 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 it's in you know we really have a what is in some ways kind of an ingredient brand, isn't it? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it. Uh, not dissimilar, I suppose, to Intel uh, computer chips back in the day, or you know lots of other ingredient brands out there. Um, and, and and you said that really your approach is to go to market by helping your customers go to market. I guess unpack that for us a little bit. What are you up to? Yeah, so so to go on to that point, one of the one of the key ways for us to to sell our product is to sell the whole story for them to portray to their consumers because that's one of the main things going on right now is complete transparency throughout everything and anything. If you're going to the store, I know a couple of weeks ago I bought uh, a dozen eggs and on there they have a QR code and it shows exactly what farm, you know, these eggs came from. And that's what type of transparency a lot of people want these days. And that's what um, my job at Polycore is to to reach out to brands and tell them why it's important to become more sustainable, more transparent and how we can help them, you know, uh, relay that story to the con- consumers because that's one of the the things nowadays is that people don't want to to tread into sustainability cuz one either they get hurt on greenwashing or they don't want to greenwash so they just don't do anything that's where we come in to help them is we give them a product we give them all of the facts and information that they need to market their products to their consumers. Do you find that they're, you know, are they, you, you mentioned a bit about how they, they might be reticent about greenwashing or something like that. Do you find that they're, you know, are they immediately open to the idea of exploring how they can promote themselves as more sustainable simply by using a polycore solution? Or is it the sort of like, does this require convincing? A little of both. It 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 really depends on on the view. Uh, I always try to push for brands that that are like minded when it comes to sustainability. It seems like um, the the people in those companies are a lot more understanding and have already convinced themselves that this is the way of the future. Where others, it does take a little bit more. Um, convincing in in the sense that this is something that you need to do and this is what what has to be done. Otherwise, you're just you're you're falling behind, really. Yeah, I, I, I would think that um, you know if a, if a brand is already committed to um, a, a sustainability agenda and a sustainability go to market message. Um, uh, you know, the one that comes always immediately to mind as you talk about that is probably like Patagonia or somebody like that. Um, then they're, they're probably also extra sensitive about 
charges on greenwashing. Like they're the last ones that want to be viewed to be only paying lip service to the challenge. Like they want to do the right thing and they want to be able to promote that they're doing the right thing. Um, uh, so I'm assuming that that's really where the sweet spot is for you because, you know, you can come in here and they, they, they and as long, provided you have the proof points to back up the story, um, it's a story they want to tell. Exactly. And, and that's where, what we're seeing a lot more, uh, nowadays is, is sustainability, sustainability in general is becoming a lot more, uh, inclusive, especially as the new generation of buyers is coming coming in which is the you know 18 to 26 year old demographic range they're really into sustainability making sure that everything has been recycled prior and they're also willing to pay more for a more sustainable product and that's where we're really we're really getting into those sweet spots with these companies like you said with uh, for example like Patagonia they're already one of the premier focused companies on the planet. It's just helping them push it even farther. I'm curious, other than the, uh, do you formalize the tools that you uh, present to prospects in any way? I'm, I guess I'm trying to f- figure out how you help them tell the story and if there's a degree of uh, um, uh, formality to that or the marketing tools that you create or sales enablement tools that are dispatched as a result. Yeah, we, um, first off, uh, we only send a company, our, our company lookbook, which tells a little bit about Polycore, what we're about and how we can help, uh, them with their sustainability and with their, with their durability as well, because that's one of the key factors that we want to, to, to help with as well as one of the best things that you can do sustainably is make something that will last forever or or a long time without ending up in a landfill. So we have this lookbook that that goes and tells about us, but then we'll also help them uh, have a specific one pertain to their company. So that's one of the things that we help with as well is that we can we we kind of make a, a lookbook for them telling them what procedures that they should take, what type of certifications that they should run through, and how we can actually, we do that already for them and let them know that. So it's it, it, it's pretty cool tools that we use. And then as well as, you know, uh, just sample books uh, to send them our fabrics, just because that's kind of the, the key thing is to make a, a, a cool product as well with our with our fabrics and coatings, that's that's one of the the best parts of us is that one we're sustainable, but also we can make some very durable and very aesthetically pleasing products as well. I think it's interesting that you're taking, you know, the the notion of a lookbook is almost it's almost fashion industry oriented. You know, like it's a it's a thing that that is often kind of used to, you know, create um, trends and uh, and kind of showcase those trends and, and bring people along with you do you did you kind of pull that idea from from the fashion world or or was it something that uh you know that that they were all already kind of thinking of doing and and the, and you help kind of extend it and bring it to life a little of both actually it was it was uh 
an idea that we were internally thinking about for a while, but then uh, uh, one day I was at a trade show and I saw a, a different brand that had kind of a, a lookbook just showcasing their stuff. I'm like, that's a great way for us to implement what we do, but then also bring that in to them as well, combine the best of both worlds with with us that consumers can see and understand quickly uh, that this is a sustainable product with this certain brand. So let's, um, I'm curious, any kind of success stories that you can point to or brands that uh, maybe some of our listeners may know of that uh, uh, benefit from uh, partnering with, uh, with you and in, uh, in your coding technology? Yes. Uh, one uh, great company is called Ground Truth Global. They are a company based out of London and they have made uh, fantastic bags and packs. If it comes from a standard uh, backpack, travel bag, and even they do uh, sledge covers and, and they're very, a very uh, new up and coming technical backpack. And yeah, you got to check them out. They have great stuff on their website. And very sustainability forward in terms of their corporate messaging and things of that. Oh, yes. And that's actually how we how we came together is that they were first focused on sustainability. And that was the number one thing that they had going in to creating this backpack brand. And one of the first things that they had uh, a conversation with us is that they were partnering with a, a Canadian company called carbon upcycle and what they do is they collect uh carbon from the air and then they create it into powder and they can actually create things with it so we actually infused our coating with this powder so there's also uh, our sustainable coating and then they're also taking co2 out of the atmosphere and putting it into the into the the bag itself really Man, we managed to get Canadian content into this podcast. Those crafty Canadians, man. <laughs> it's true. Time to pull out an A, Jeff. Jeff usually uses, he has a quota of about two or three A's per podcast episode, I find. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, I, I do, um, you, you know, you, you mentioned that they, that they had um, this desire to use recaptured carbon. You know, are, are, are you finding that you you learn as much from the customers that you're working with about uh, other sustainability initiatives and other types of products that you can incorporate um, as you go through this like it it almost feels like you know um, doing environmentalism environmentalism properly is a you know it's a bit of a team sport <laughs> it, you know as you go through you teach other people how to do things and how they can leverage your um your technology and your clean processes and all of that and then at the same time you're learning oh my goodness there's this whole other thing over here that we can incorporate and then use you know with other customers down the line how uh how how much of your of your product is uh, being influenced by what you learn from the customers you work with oh uh so much and you're exactly you 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 had said it correctly. We learned so much from what other companies uh, or people are are doing, and that's and that's what helped us create um, a couple of our of our products, which is a, a new one that we call Eco Shield, which is uh, a TPU 
uh, replacement or like a replica. And what what we saw was a lot of new, um, a lot of backpack brands are using this uh, TPU, which is just a, a thermal plastic PU coating on the face. So then the backpack kind of has a little plasticky look on it. And we saw that obviously that's the, the way that the the trends of coatings and backpacks are going is that something that we can do and we actually went out and did that so yeah we definitely take and see what other people are doing in in the in regards of sustainability and see if we can do that ourselves to make it even more sustainable how are how are your customers bringing the polycore brand to life like how are they how are they representing it is it is it a bit of an intel inside kind of thing is there a you know are you um a badge on the backpack or are you just part of the ingredients list like how how does your um yeah how prominent is your brand in their marketing really yeah um for example on ground truth global's website they have a whole page uh talking about polycore and how it is used within their bags and um they even have a quote from our founder on there just um but again it can be used in multiple ways you can uh also have like a little hang tag on the on your bag as well where it possibly has a qr code that comes to our website um there's there's many different avenues but intel is is exactly kind of my framework on branding because it is an, an ingredient but it's an important one yeah they are you know it's going to be a long time before marketers forget the intel inside initiative isn't it like it really does stand out there as an outstanding example of ingredient brand marketing in a in a somewhat non-traditional space too yeah it must be the mnemonic that kind of sticks with you <laughs> <laughs> they did a good job you know you gotta hand it to them yeah, for, sure. uh, for for the longest time, the mark of whether or not a computer was good was whether or not it had Intel uh, sticker on it, not mm -hmm. the brand of the computer itself. Oh man, hey, that where that story, of course, falls down is when Apple went full Intel and never mentioned it anywhere on the packaging. <laughs> like <laughs> the only brand that could get away with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's almost like when you when you go with a bigger brand, you you have less of an opportunity to kind yeah. of insert your own there. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I'd be curious, Casey, do you find, um, what, uh, do you have a sense of the percentage of customers that actively promote your brand versus those that keep you as a more of a white label, uh, nameless ingredient, shall we say? I would say for the most part, um, the brands that have been working with us are more than willing to to promote or advertise that they're working with us because uh, as a brand, we're so focused on transparency that there there's nothing, they, they wouldn't be hurting anything by, by talking about us or promoting us or, or um, I, I think it, they would hurt more by trying to hide us if anything, because of how much uh, positivity we bring, how much transparency, how, how upfront we are with everything that we do. A real interesting benefit for marketers to consider, I think, as they look at this, like, um, cause it's easy to imagine you get to the other side of this. And if the, if the people aren't active, aren't willing to engage in, in, uh, 
in promoting that your ingredient is part of their brand. Well, in some ways, their whole strategy falls down. To Jeff's point, if everybody would have taken Apple's approach and nobody put the Intel sticker on the computer, all of a sudden, uh, you know, it's not nearly as successful. Uh, I think um, I think it's great advice, Casey, to say, look, if you're if you're leading the charge, if you're uh, showing the way towards uh, transparency in your sustainability commitments, if you are the brand that helps people keep their environmental and sustainability promises, not helping them greenwash, then chances are they're going to uh, want to help promote you in return. Exactly. I have to, I mean, you, we talked a little bit before about how you know, you, and this goes to the point you just made, Carmen, you know, you're, you're already looking, you know, when you're looking for prospects to become customers of Polycore, you know, you're looking for organizations that are already holding up environmentalism as a key benefit of, of their, of their brand. Um, where do you look for that? Like, what, is it just kind of, you know, oh, oh, the Patagonia is good. Let's go after Patagonia or, you know, like, or, or the uh, Ground Truth Global, you know, we're hearing about these guys. Let's, uh, let's reach out to them. Are, are there certain places that, uh, you know, environmentally conscious um, brands that use coated fabrics hang out that, uh, that you, uh, that you are able to uh, leverage in order to, to find potential new customers? I wish, I wish that there was a, 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 a group in a place where we're like-minded individuals rest, maybe like a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group. But mostly I uh, do some, do some Google searches and, and try to find them on LinkedIn and, and let them know about us and about our impact because they're already um, like-minded. It's just letting them know about us. Cause sometimes that's the, that's the, the hard thing about us being so small and in still startup is that people are interested. They just don't know that we're out there yet. So getting our name out there is still a big thing for, for us at Polycore. It's not like they're, yeah, you know, you're not necessarily going to have uh, the industry group publication specifically about companies who raise their hand to say that they're particularly environmentally conscious, you know, like it's a surprise there isn't yet, but uh but yeah, no, that, that probably makes it a lot harder to build a target account list. I would think there would be some um, organization membership list if you could at all. I'm thinking like there are companies that, for instance, belong to 1% for the planet. Uh, anybody that belongs to that, that uh, has fa- have fabric in their ingredient and what they make, there's a target, right? Uh, right. Not that, mm-hmm. not that those organizations are actively publishing um uh their target or their their membership list but their members are typically actively promoting that they're part of that group so some kind of reverse lookups might be able to get you there not to try to solve in the middle of a podcast for a target account list question but that's the way my mind works i guess yeah (laughs) that's very cool i'm curious casey um you've been at this a while and uh and you know that it's not like any strategy like this just comes to life automatically it takes hard work and you probably stub your toe a time or two along the way any advice uh, that you would give to our um, uh, listeners as we as we wrap up here in terms of if they're looking to head down an ingredient brand strategy uh, any kind of top things for them to maybe be mindful of or keep in mind as they uh, as they move down that path? 
Yeah, um, for sure. Always make sure that the factories are, are blue sign certified. Uh, the fabrics are GRS certified. Making sure that you have all of your ducks in a row, especially if you are trying to get into the more sustainable uh, road with your products. And, and it, I mean, it can be a lot, but that's what we're here for, to help you uh, push push the boundaries of sustainability to make sure that everything that uh, you want in your bag, you have it. And that's, and that's what we're here, here to do is to, is to help build your brand as much as, as we can and be a partner with you in that. It's good advice to even think about people who want to be like you, but in their category that, you know, if that's the, the strategy you're employing, you need to have those certifications. You really need to uh, double down on a lot of the credentialing, if you will, uh, in order to that you can pass on that credibility to your customers if this is what if this is a strategy you're looking to employ. That's great advice, Casey. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your experience with us today on the podcast. It's been great to have you on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.